Well, folks, welcome to another edition of Politics and Radamic. Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We have a great show for you today, and we have a ton of videos for you. I mean, it just uh, stuff that we didn't finish yesterday, plus I had some new stuff that I want to get in today. So I'm going to try to start on that pretty early, but let's get started by saying hola, hola, mi hermana, Yvette. Avery Herod, the first one to register right there on the screen. Welcome aboard, my dear Yvette. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Tom C, welcome aboard. Well, it's it's we don't have Tom, uh, we don't have Michael Rudnan today. I think I I think I got a message from him that said he was going to be with family. I think that's still the case. Rose Williams, how are you doing today? Nanette Birdsmith says hi all. Of course, Rose says hi everyone. And Yvette says afternoon to all. Tom C says. Feliz Viernes. Feliz Dia de Viernes. Happy Friday. Yes, it's Friday, but you know what? It's so funny. All the days run into one. This weekend, I have a hell of a lot of videos to cut up. This weekend, I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to get my handle on getting organized for the next week. There is so much to do, so much to do. That's why we, 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 we need you guys so badly to keep sharing and making sure our stuff gets out there. Jacob Culturist. Welcome aboard. Hello to everyone, Jacob says. And Dawn Broadbent, welcome aboard. Please remember, share, 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 share. And by the way, if you are on YouTube right now, give me that thumbs up. Give me that thumbs up. If you're on Facebook Live, give me that like. If you are on Twitch or if you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow Egberto Willis on Twitter. Please go ahead and, uh, again, do everything to help us get this channel flying, to help us get these different social media events trying, because that is how we're going to make a difference, by making a difference. Today, uh, before this show, of course, I do my show at KPFT 90.1 FM on on Thursdays and Fridays on air as well. And I was, you know, mentioning a few things about the things that we need to do as a society to get big changes because the media is not going to do it for us. The media, the mainstream media, that is, of course, has its um, its predicaments in its own right. Eric Hayes has some words. And since uh, let's see what he has to say today. Eric says, a little news on disinformation spread about energy companies for you. Disinformation about so-called government subsidies for oil and gas firms continue to spread, even after a high court judgment made clear that the industry receives nothing of the start. The sector has contributed £375 billion, pounds, over $508 billion in production taxes to date, and support about 200,000 jobs. That's not. The, let, let me first claim something. You are. It is false to say they don't get subsidies. Let's let's talk about things from the past like the depletion tax allowance which says hey the supreme being put oil in the ground it's in the ground but somehow whenever the oil companies take it out of the ground they can take a tax credit known as the depletion tax okay in other words they are getting a tax they're getting a tax break for using a resource that they didn't put there in the first place, but they get a credit towards it having less. People, let me tell you something. That's why you have to be careful of what you read and how you read it. There are a lot of these types of subsidies to speak about. When we talk about a company getting a break on a street, on a road, I built a road to the oil pump, so therefore I get a tax break for it. Look, let me tell you something. It, the, the, it is false to say that the oil companies do not get an unearned 
set of subsidies and tax breaks. That is simply false. The disinformation would be in any article that make or says that. I just gave you two examples right out front. The depletion allowance is one example, and Mr. Hayes is an accountant. You should understand that. They did not put the oil in the ground. How comes they get an allowance because they have depleted the oil that they didn't put in the ground? Come on, guys. We're talking... Look, the one thing we do here at Politics Done Right, not only myself, but a lot of our, our, our members around here in Politics Done Right, we do our homework. And we know the material. We actually know the material. Thank you, my brother. All right, secondly, Eric Hayes also says, um, energy is a balance of all things make up the industry cleaning up over the time and supply of tax revenues and jobs. You don't just attack something without thinking about a plan. There is a balance in all things and the policy evaluation now the energy industry has and continues to clean up, but the government bullying not to be done as fossil will continue to be a part. In other words, you can you can pollute us, you can kill us, you can poison us, but because we need to have the energy, just be cool. Just don't tell us in just don't upset us as you're telling us that we killed. No, here's the deal. If you take a look at the profits in the oil industry and remember, the oil was placed in the ground. It's been in the ground. The only cost is getting it out and whatever research is necessary for getting it out. The profits should have been used to ensure that in extracting the oil and processing the oil, you're not killing people in the same way. You know, we have Cancer Alley in Pasadena, Texas. Cancer Alley in Pasadena, California. Not Pasadena. Where those? They have all those refineries in California. We have all these areas that are polluted by oil. They don't. They don't take the cost of making it whole for those people who get diseases, uh, lung problems, cancers. We, the people of America, are subsidizing the wealth of those who make profits from oil companies by, with our bodies, with our health. We are getting sick because those guys are making billions and taking it home and living in the mansions that they live in. Please, stop carrying water for those who laugh at you. They don't care a damn about you, my dear Eric. Stop, stop carrying the water for them. Why do you, as an average middle-class person, think that somehow those people that are ripping you off, those people that are poisoning you, need you to defend them? You know what? If, if they need defense, they can go hire a lawyer to defend them, and they'll use that lawyer to screw you as well. If I could just get you guys a little bit. Mm. Boom! Great to see veterans make a go at it in the capital society. Ooh, Egberto, and it's coffee, something you enjoy, so try some, might. Hey. I support the veterans. My, I have many of my relatives who fought wars for America. And as much as they were Panamanians, they came to the United States and joined the forces and fought in Vietnam, fought in Korea, etc. Okay? America used to go out there, and if you, if you fought American wars, you kind of get an easy way to get citizenships and all that kind of stuff. All right. This, Eric Hayes says, this is how, let's see, this is how you... Are you protest peacefully and volunteers picking up their own and city trash, serving others, including the security forces? No violence. Oh, really? So you have a bunch of trucks that blocking stuff and preventing medicines from going across the border. Yeah, that's peaceful protest as you kill people who d depend on those things. As people who need jobs in Detroit because that crossing over the, 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 the lake is, is closed. 
um, so all those people that are not going to have work in Detroit, all those people that are going to suffer from that, oh, who cares about that? At least though they're, they're, they're given the semblance of peace. There was no semblance of peace on January 6th. There was no semblance of peace when we had guys walking around saying we will not be denied or, 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 or the, the anti-Semites that, that make up the, the January 6th movement. No, you're not going to try to do that here. You're not going to change reality. Michael Rodden says, Rose, huge underestimate. Fuel gets $6 trillion annual subsidies, not $450 billion. Um, yeah, it all depends on how it's calculated. So, I mean, what we need to do is, you know, I think what we need to centralize on is the fact that uh, fossil fuels get an inordinate amount of subsidies more so than anything else. Melanie Keelan, welcome aboard. Michael Rodden says, as it comes to fossil fuels, coal, oil, and gas has to be continually extracted, processed, and transported. As it comes to renewable, you only need to build it once, and then it works for decades. Exactly. Eric Hayes says, like, better throw the materials you use to build the solar panels or for blades that is, is oil extraction you're pulling out. Look, again, I, Michael Rodden just answered that in the first place. Egberto, the truckers opened the lane on the bridge, bud. Oh, wow. So thankful that you opened the lane. Wow. Talking about the truckers in Canada, they are an offshoot of sovereign citizens who are starting deputizing people to restrain and arrest using fake laws. They just made up the spot on the spot, challenging the government's monopoly on violence. I expect a hard crackdown coming. I hope they get the same kind of cracking of skulls that they do to BLM and others. I hope they start cracks, cracking skulls as well. But, you know, we don't do that to some sorts of people. We only do it to a particular group of people. And we know that. We know how it works. We know that January 6th would have been very different had the hue been different. We know that. Deep inside, everybody knows that deep inside of your heart, like Brother Rudnin has just said. Rudnin is on fire, says Eric Hayes. Don Broadbent says, Eric, I agree in part. The renewables are made primarily from recycled products. Don, exactly. And not only that, though, as Michael Rudnin pointed out, it only needs to be done once. Anyhow, let's go ahead. There is, listen, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I want to do first is show that there are good pro past Republicans out there that want the Republicans to reclaim their party. They want to ensure that we don't have this uh, one-party monopoly at all or that we have a group of people that are completely confused. So let's go ahead and listen to Brother Steve Schmidt. Love the guy. Steve, what explains the difference today on this question between Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy? Well, this division between the two, Lawrence, has been clear from the very beginning. Um, you know, Mitch McConnell tried to distance as 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 much as he would or or could uh, after the January sixth incident. Kevin McCarthy famously went down to Mar-a-Lago. In those early days, what Republicans were most worried about was the cash flow, the campaign cash. Uh, Mitch McConnell believed that. Uh, the insurrection would uh, obliterate Republicans' ability to raise money from corporate donors. Uh, Kevin McCarthy took the opposite bet. He wanted to in, uh, make sure that the Trump pipeline of cash was intact. Uh, and so right from the beginning, they've just have approached this issue differently. You know, Mitch McConnell today uh, said the obvious, which is that this was an insurrection, had a political intent. It was aimed at disrupting the peaceful transition of, of power. 
Um, at, at the in the next breath, Mitch McConnell said when he was asked a question, "Do you have confidence in the chair chairwoman of the Republican Party, uh, who was the head of the organization that said violence is legitimate political discourse?" He said he did. You know, so it's all double talk. It's double speak meant to obscure the reality that we have a two party system. And one of those two parties has become an autocratic vessel in the United States. We don't live in Sweden where there's 18 different Democratic parties and that the loss of one of them to autocracy, whether it's a left party or a right party, isn't such a big deal. When you have a two party system, it's an enormous deal. It's a threat to the continuation and survival of the republic. And and the fact of the matter is this Republican Party is a coalition that includes fascists, proud boy extremists, uh, neo-Nazis, people filled with racial animus, and they're all part of a coalition. And of course, those parts cannot and do not fit together. uh, But nevertheless, it's a convenience coalition because they seek to get back into political power. And you cannot let these people back into political power under any circumstances until the autocratic movement inside that party, which dominates it completely, is underground. In effect, what he's telling is telling good people of America, good Republicans included, at this point in time, a vote for Republicans is a vote to turn the country into a fascist state. And until that fascist nature of the Republican Party is underground, you oh, you will be unpatriotic. Any, any vote for any Republican at this point in time, and this is something that I don't generally say absolutely, but I'm saying it now. Any vote for any Republican at this point in time is a vote for fascism. Because once they have control of the levers, there's absolutely nothing that's going to actually stop them. If you look at the meek ones who don't believe in this stuff, but ju- but they are willing to appease Trump, they're willing to appease those with the fascist intent, one cannot vote for Republicans in the next go-round and consider themselves a patriotic American. That's an absolute statement. And I, I generally, you know, I am into all of us speaking together. But remember, whether you have complete, whether you have effected a pitch on patriotic act voluntarily or out of willful ignorance by coming to Politics Done Right and other shows that presents you the facts, the factual nature of what the Republican Party has become, going against that. I think is pretty much an absolute statement. Um, I want to, and, and if you doubt it, if you doubt it, I want you to see how even even the vice president's chief of staff couldn't quite rid himself of the fascist nature of the Republican Party, even as he's looking for plausibility in case the fascists lose. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Uh, let me start with the motivation of your former boss, um, Vice President, former Vice President Pence, and why this week did he choose that he chose to give a big platform to this this week? Why? Well, Chuck, I think that, uh, as you mentioned, the vice president has commented on January 6th on several occasions, mm-hmm. including last summer at the Ronald Reagan Library. Um, and he extended those remarks a little bit this week at the Federalist Society, primarily because the, the president's comments about uh, the, pre- the vice president had the ability to overturn the election, I think, merited response. There's 
Of course, there's nothing in the 12th Amendment or the Electoral Count Act that would afford a vice president that authority. It's why no vice president in 200 years has ever used that authority. And it's certainly not one that I think conservatives or Republicans would want Kamala Harris the ability to say she's going to reject votes from Texas or Wyoming or any other state heading into 2024. Well, why did he stop there? Why didn't he say, look, it's been a year. Uh, there's just no evidence out there. This was a free and fair election. Um, the Trump-Pence ticket lost. How come he didn't go that far? Well, Chuck, I think like a lot of people, the vice president has significant concerns about the election. I think and because of COVID. Still? Because of COVID, sure. I think that a lot of us do. But there's been, there's been no there's, evidence of fraud. There, there you, could disagree, there was, you could disagree on the election law. But, yeah. no, but yeah, I, so I understand I think, that. But. So I think there were significant concerns about what transpired in Pennsylvania, what transpired in Wisconsin, what transpired in Georgia when you said you had that matching signature, you didn't. You had election officials overruling state officials and saying, we'll keep the balloting open, allowed universal access and mail-in balloting. But at the same time, the Constitution is clear as what that process is. You're mm-hmm. afforded a chance to challenge. You're afforded a chance to bring legal challenges. But at the point of the Electoral College meeting on December 14th, at that point, the process is concluded. And that's why the Constitution wanted the states the ability to certify elections and not for the federal government. Do you believe Joe Biden was a legitimately elected president? Does the I, former vice president I believe, believe that? I believe that Joe Biden is, is duly elected president of the United States, yes. Legitimately so. The election was legitimate. I you may disagree with voting procedures, but the election itself I, was legitimate. Well, I mean, I think that's the same, it's the same question. I think that there were significant concerns about the process of that election that's mm-hmm. going to create a cloud. Um, but I think, Chuck, at the same time, to your point, the campaign had opportunities to bring that evidence up mm-hmm. till December 14th and didn't. And so I think at this point you have to assume that he was duly elected. And the reality is that there was not enough significant fraud that was presented that would have overturned any of those states' elections. Doesn't it say a lot that a year later that any, that actually more evidence has shown that no fraud happened? I mean, doesn't that even reinforce this even more a year later? As I said, I think there are significant concerns, and I'm glad many states are looking to rectify, Chuck. But I I've acknowledge that the president's duly elected. So as you can see, even as he understood, even as he understood what went on on January 6th, even as he understood that it's a big lie, he still had to try to mitigate it somehow, right? That just maybe there were really some problems elsewhere. Well, as I've stated before, yes, we've seen voter fraud before. Yes, even during this election, there was voter fraud Unfortunately, all the voter fraud that has been uncovered thus far has been uh, Donald Trump voters trying to vote twice or trying to use dead people to vote. It's amazing how projection works. The things that you are accusing others of are the things that you actually do yourself. Okay, let's see what else my peeps are saying. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Rose Williams has some links that I can't click on right now. Eric Hayes says, you mess with the hero truckers and see what happens to your house becomes with scarce items. Um, you know what's a great thing about truckers? Truckers are not a monolith. They have never been a monolith. I have friends that are truckers, and most of the truckers don't don't really believe in the in the crap these yahoos believe in. And notice I call them yahoos. You know why I call them yahoo? If you are, if you are going around the country, you're going to be in many different locales, and you don't want to be vaccinated. There are two things. You can be transporting that virus, and you can be getting that virus. And you know what? It's, it, it's completely irresponsible. I'm sorry. 
it is irresponsible. Some of us are at some point in time are going to just have to say the way it is. I am very nice to you. Like I told the, the beautiful lady that I met at my daughter's rehab, you know, it's fine that you don't want to do it. Just make sure and keep yourself safe and away from others that you could possibly infect with that with, with, with the behavior. So um, that you're going to shut down because there is a mandate that you must wear a mask because there's a mandate that you must get get vaccinated for the better good of the entire society that just shows the utter selfishness that we've seen for quite a long time uh, generally manifested on the right and included as well for those non-vaxxers or anti-vaxxers on the left all right let's see harris staff keeps losing or people keep quitting who cares what's the relevance to that again you know what they're trying to do People, let, let, let me explain to you what's happening in the in the in the ethos right now, Brother Hayes. The idea is they need to destroy uh, destroy her. They need to destroy uh, Vice President Harris because their assumption is that the president is not going to make through make the term, or that he will after his term is up that she will likely be the leading candidate for the presidency of the United States in 2024. So they want to try to make her unelectable. The first black woman president likely of the, of the United States. They want to make her unelectable. So they're doing everything to make her look like an angry black woman, to make her look like she somehow doesn't know what she's doing, to make her look like she's a, they're going to try to do everything. It's a standard thing that many of us know is actually done to us, all right? It's a standard modus operandi. And the good thing about it uh, is both her and her husband understand what's going on, and neither one has decided to engage because they understand that it's best to let others engage for them. So people like myself, and by the way, I was never a fan of, uh, of Vice President Harris, but I, I sure as hell respect her. I sure as hell know that she's very competent, but I am much more left than she is. But if she run uh, against somebody that is of her, like her or otherwise, she's like, she's got my vote. Come on now. All right. Let's continue. Daniel Lado says, and when the evil Republicans win, what then, Egberto? If you really believe what you say, you would be of weak character if you do not rise up and take power back by any means necessary. No, I'm not. There's a, this is a democracy. Or I want this to be a democracy. If I am not able to convince enough people not to vote for evil, then I have to keep trying even after evil has been elected. Okay? So I will continue to try. I will continue to talk to my brothers and sisters who have succumbed to the evil of the party. Do you understand the paradigm you're creating with your irresponsible rhetoric? No, I'm not. Again, what we do, like I said, I think any vote for Republicans in 2022 and 2024 will be an unpatriotic act. Because somebody has effected an unpatriotic act doesn't mean I want to fight them, take your life, or otherwise. It means I want to further engage them. You see, that is one thing that many fascists don't understand. We believe in democracy. And democracy re requires dialogue. That's what I'm always for. And I'm going to try like hell to make sure most people understand the true evil. Because the, 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 the GOP has some of the best marketing out there, sir. And I understand that. It's an uphill battle. Their marketing is great and they have the money to pay for. When, when you have the plutocracy on your side, money is not an option. 
Michael Renner said the Biden administration's first-year turnover was one of the lowest of the past six administrations and may reflect the influence of experience and professional transition operation. You know, they don't want to know that. They just want to hear the top line, you know? I mean, willful ignorance is a thing. Willful ignorance is a thing. I don't, I don't want to know. I put my, 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 my uh, fingers in my ears. I don't want to know. La, 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 la. Don't tell me. Who cares? Norman Reynolds says, given the equivocation of even the, those so-called good GOP, voting for any GOP politician or serving person is a support of an institution that supports the current Republican Party or supporters of the big lie and the invalidation of a one-person, one-vote democratic system. Agreed. You, you said it perfectly, Senor Reynolds. Sean Maddox, welcome to Politics Done Right. He says, projection is the end result of accepting fascist and authoritarian mindset. It is the only way they can sustain themselves in the face of massive cognitive dissonance. I couldn't agree more. Eric Hayes says, oh my God. On please, we are living with it and move on. It's individual choice. Of course, it's individual choice. You have a choice. You have a choice to be wrong. Not because you have a choice mean that you're right. You have a choice to be wrong. You have a choice to be ignorant. Many people on the right, that's a choice they make. And ignorant, I don't mean as a pejorative. Ignorant, I mean of choosing not to know. That's what I'm talking about. Eric Hayes says she destroys herself with the management style. Really? Wow. Have you been in any of her meetings for management? I don't think so. Sean Meadow says, Eric Hayes, she does not disrespect the office anymore or less than the West VP and president in the... You know, and that's what's funny, right? Uh, listen to Eric Hayes says, she destroys herself with the management style. What was... Did you ever say that about Trump? Did you ever say that about the VP sucking on to Trump? I don't think so. That is how the hypocrisy shows up. And sometimes it's even deeper than just hypocrisy. Uh, let's see. Son Maddow said, Eric Hayes. No, no, I, that's what I read. Uh, Rose Williams says, replying to Daniel, are you advocating violent insurrection? That's, you know, he, what, what Eric Ledeau would like is because he is, uh, because there are a lot of people that he really supports that are of the violent nature. In other words, the, um, the Proud Boys and, the, um, and the others. And those guys are violent really violent scums to put it as nicely as i really could um those guys uh are don't support what we do we support democracy we support engagement we support dialogue they don't they hide behind an ak ak ar-40 whatever that those guns are because their masculinity comes from the externality of the gun our masculinity and femininity comes from what we have between our two ears, what we try, we talk, we explain, we love. Those are the things we believe in. Okay, Michael Ronin says COVID-19 hospitalization hit staggering 10,000 patients as province as provinces set new record in Canada. Yeah, because again, I guess you have truckers who who believe in fallacies. Eric Hay says, would you consider the trucker thing an insurrection? No, that's not an insurrection. That's a protest. That is a protest. They haven't tried to overthrow a government. They've tried to slow it down. That's what protest does. So no, they have the right to do that. And I have the right to disagree with them. Now, what the January 6th people did is they went ahead and they desecrated our government. 
They attempted to murder the, the vice the president. They attempted to murder different people in the Congress. That was their intent. That's why they had those weapons that they sneaked in. That's why many of them are now going to jail. Going to jail. All right. Every case says, or rather, Michael Rollins, every case, the right idea of what's right usually comes down to an excuse for selfishness and promoting in groups at the expense of other groups. I agree. Sean Maddow says, exactly. The GOP is a power reinforcing machine and nothing else more. Sean Maddow also says, if the whole purpose now is to acquire as much power for their, uh, for their in a group as possible and use it against everyone else, especially those who think about pointing it out and challenging this, Rose says, I'm sorry, but Eric's comments about Harris smacks of misogyny, and I'm no fan of... It's funny because I'm not a fan of Harris either, but I will not allow them to do uh, to women what they always do to women, and specifically as well, always do to black women. And Franklin Roosevelt, human... Uh, by the way, yes, it is. Mode 90% of the truckers are vaccinated. Yeah, so why do we let 10% of them cripple a nation if most of the guys who want to deliver things are vaccinated? Stop allowing the the those the ten percent minority to screw with us all. It's that simple. Tim Danahy, welcome, my brother. Franklin Roosevelt. Human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. A nation does not have to be cruel to be tough. That's our coffee party type mantra. That's why I wrote how to talk to your. I mean, rather, it's worth it. It's really worth it. Why do I constantly engage my brother? Daniel Ledo, even though he cringes every time I call him my brother. But, you know, I consider myself my brother's keeper. Same to uh, Eric Hayes. And Eric Hayes knows I'm telling the truth because we go out to coffee and we talk. Right, Eric Hayes? And when I get back to Houston, that's exactly what we're going to do again. Right, Eric Hayes? Carl Cox, rock, rock, rocking in a chair. I don't care if I rock nowhere. That is, that's almost sounds like a song. Anyhow, something happened today. Peggy Lopez says, hi all, within a year from the big 80, been looking at today's world in comparison with the last 80 years, not happy about what I see. Really glad to see you all here, even right-wingers. I love them all, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I try to let these folks know that I am real. When I say I engage all these guys and talk to them, enjoy talking to them, I really do. Because in the long run, we're going to coalesce. In the long run, we will. People tell me I, I'm idealistic. I am not. I am not. It's just that the folks will fool people just for so long. All right, let's see. Macaron says the problem is going with the truckers. Protests in Canada isn't the Canadian truckers. It's the American truckers stirring up trouble. Vaccination rates among Canadian truckers are roughly in line with national average, which is 83%. Actually, their vaccination rate is 90% for the truckers. Uh, every case was correct on that one from what I read earlier today. And uh, so, yeah, that's the case. And we have a lot of right-wing think tanks here sending money to Canada. In fact, a GoFundMe, if I recall, was recalled, that GoFundMe, when they found out where the monies were coming from. And the GoFundMe for all the, I think they had gotten up to like $13 million. The GoFundMe, and all of that money has to be returned. Anyhow, yeah, Eric, that, I, I think I quoted you, Eric. Daniel Ledo replying to Daniel Ledo says, Rose Williams, well, no, but you seem to not understand context. Egberto is telling audience that if Republicans win power, they will consolidate that power and it will be the end of democracy. Egberto says this. Okay, so if he believes what he says, how far is he willing to go to protect democracy? Or after Republicans win, will he accept his new overlords? No. Again, 
Martin Luther King never, I, look, I'm, not a, I'm more a Malcolm X kind of a guy. But Martin Luther King looked at democracy and said, I will shame this democracy, this purported democracy into doing the right thing. And my, my motto is a bit differently. I believe in shaming the democracy into doing the right thing, but I won't turn the other cheek. You see, uh, Martin Luther King believed in two things. Turn the other cheek and shame the, shame the people to do well, to do the right thing. I believe in sh uh, shame the people, convince them to do the right thing. But if they hit you, you slap them back. That is a part that Martin Luther King did not believe in. Martin Luther King kind of believed uh, sort of what Gandhi believed in. But recently, we've been learning a few things about Gandhi that's also disconcerting. But anyhow, beyond that, um, I am for part, part Martin Luther King and part Malcolm X. The part Malcolm X is, if you slap me, I'm slapping you back. But if you love me, I'm loving you back. If you, if you engage me, I'm engaging you back. I will always try to engage you. I will not be, however, that person that makes you my master. And none of you should make anyone your master. And I'm not, uh, when I talk about master, I'm talking about you should not acquiesce to anyone who is taking your privilege, taking your democracy away from you. It's that simple. It is that simple. Um, and so, so that is not war. That is not insurrection. That is just humanity. Okay, so I met us a gender is not irrelevant in a culture and society that forces subject gender constructs on everyone from the moment they're born. True. Uh, Fagel of says, February 1924, 1942, executive order 9066, creating military areas from which people could be excluded, allowing 11 uh, 110,000 Japanese Americans to be placed in internment camps, now POC refugees jail. Yeah, amazing. You know, we, we always talk about like if we are so benevolent, right? The same kind of preposterous evils against humanity that other, other countries have done, we have done as well. So that's why I always say we all have to learn what atonement looks like, what it seems like, what it's about. Daniel Ledo says, LOL, Egberto, you are for sure going to be a train to the Alaska Gulag. Oh, at least he didn't call it gazpacho. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I mean, the you know, your friend called uh, Gustavo, uh, the Gustavo gazpacho. She didn't know the difference between a soup and police. Wow. Anyway, Sean Maddow says, and those ideas seem based on pretty ridiculous subject ideas and constructs. Peggy Lopez says, Egberto, how can you be as Malcolm X kind of a guy and be as open as you are? Okay, just heard how you can be both Malcolm X and open. Malcolm was more closed. Yeah, Malcolm, you know, after Malcolm went to, um, to uh, Saudi Arabia, he came back a changed person. And I think deep inside that maybe got him killed, in my humble opinion. I have no, I'm no scholar. First of all, let me just put that out there. I'm no Malcolm X scholar, Martin Luther King scholar. There are a lot of people that are way above what I say. I just read other people's work on this, and I'm in a group called Woke as well. I've started reading some of their material, and they're much, much more aware on these issues than I am. And I learn. I like to learn. And, but when I read some of the stuff, I come to conclusions on my own. And my theory is that as he became less insular, it was a big fear. Because think about a Malcolm X, Martin Luther King 
and a true, not white moderate, but white progressive coalition. That is America. That is America. What a fear that brings. What a fear that brings. MLK could be, would be ashamed that your open racism. Daniel Ledo, that is so funny. MLK was so hated when he died. I, I am amazed at how the right just loves Martin Luther King now. When Martin Luther King got shot, he was one of the most hated men in America. One of the most hated men in America. Peggy Lopez says, I agree, his seeing light-skinned Muslim opened him up, and that may have caused his death. Oh, you agree too, Peggy. You're my lady, Peggy. Um, anyhow, I have, a, I have another video. This one is important, because this is where Saki sort of embarrassed uh, uh, Daniel, whoa, I think putting a person on the train to the gulag is the basis of a lack of tolerance of other opinions, more fascistic and authoritarian. Is that where you are? That's what Norman Reynolds had to say to El Senor Daniel Ledo. Anyway, I want you guys to listen to Jen Psaki because I, I want you to listen to the, what she does to this reporter, and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. Jen Psaki looked like she wasn't in a very good mood today, but you know what? It was great because as you know what's going on in Ukraine with Russia and America trying to get people out, etc., she asked a really silly question. Why is it that uh, under Biden, this is the second time you're asking <clears throat> people to evacuate? Again, the worst thing a reporter can do is go to a press conference and prove how uninformed, how ignorant they really are. Well, I want you to listen to how Jen Psaki handled her, and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. We don't know if Putin has made up his mind. Why are we hearing this warning from Jake Sullivan that Americans should get out, ideally within the next 24 to 48 hours specifically? I don't believe we've heard that window from him before. Uh, because I, we recognize that if President Putin were to decide to invade, that this would make it a, uh, a very difficult uh, circumstance on the ground for American citizens. We don't have an assessment, as he, as you heard him say, of him making that decision, but he could make that decision at any point. And we want to be very clear and direct with American citizens about the risk that uh, that would pose to them, uh, that the risk, the risk that would be posed to any civilian if they remain uh, in the country. And this is now the second evacuation of Americans. Um, in the it's not actually an evacuation, to be clear. American citizens can depart Ukraine. There are means of departing uh, Ukraine. This is not a country where we are at war, where we have tens of thousands of troops who have fought, been fighting a war for 20 years, so it's incredibly different. Correct. You are correct in that. But we're, it's the second time we've urged American citizens to get out of a country. Actually, we've, we've urged American citizens to depart a number of times, uh, and that is... Because well, I think this, but, is, but let me finish here because I think it's important for people to understand. We urged American citizens to depart Kazakhstan. We urged American citizens to depart Ethiopia. This is a responsibility that the State Department and our diplomat, diplomats who are serving there and serving around the world take on to keep American citizens safe. Uh, and it may, it may not be front and center on the news in the United States, but those are conflict areas and zones where we are constantly monitoring. But these are the two major events that have happened under this administration. Administration. And what does the I would say the people say? In, in Ethiopia would differ with that, as would the people in Kazakhstan or other parts of the world where uh, there has been they have been under dangerous uh, circumstances, and they look to the United States to provide up to date information of uh, their safety and security in the country. I mean, it is shameful that they just think the only thing that occurred in the rest of the world so far was Afghanistan and, and Ukraine. It's ridiculous, right? So Jen Psaki said, look, silly girl, 
remember this. We told people to get out of Ethiopia. We told people to get out of uh, Kajistan. We told people to get out of all these places. But that you guys in the, in the news media can't walk and chew gum. That you guys in the news media only concentrate on particular issues that particular Republicans may want you to think about. That's not our fault. It's not our fault that you lack the... The, the intensity, it's not our fault that you lack the depth to actually know what's going on in the world. So let me school you, little girl. This is exactly what you need to know, because as it turns out, the American people need to know the truth and not the news media spun by folks who do not do the research, for, uh, spun by folks who really know, do, do not understand what the hell is going on in the world as they play as if they are serious reporters. Exactamundo. And I, I love the way Saki did it, right? It's in other words, uh, the, the girl, oh, those are the two major uh, conflicts right now in the world. Really? Whatever happened to Pakistan? What happened to Eritrea? What happens to, uh, to, to Ethiopia? What happens? To, and we can name country after country. You know, I always talk about the reason uh, many Americans say the things that they do is that our papers uh, don't overtly, and, and news media, don't overtly treat the rest of the world the way the rest of the world treats us. Of course, we are the superpower. So if you go to Panama and you read uh, La Prensa or one of those papers in Spanish, you'll hear every, every piece of news that you get in America of, of consequence, you'll read in Panama. You'll also read Panamanian news. You'll also read news about Madrid, España. You'll also read news about Peru, Guatemala, Uruguay, and all that kind of stuff, right? You come to the United States, everything centralizes around, oh, what's going on in Texas? Even some little little silly things in Texas, right? Oh, this little storefront in Texas, ta -da -ta, nothing of substance around the world, right? It's not the fault, and, and that's the reason why I have always taken the stance, well, not always, now I take the stance in my maturity. I can't lie. I was a hothead in college that didn't tolerate anyone who was shallow, etc. I learned, I atoned, I did, I, I learned how to be more responsible. But uh, it, we have to learn about what's going on around the world. And that, that petty reporter, it is clear she's out of her league. She doesn't know what's going on in the world. They, they pump questions into her that, that allows, look, if Saki wanted to spin her, Saki could spin her by simply saying, you don't know what you're talking about and just tell her any kind of crap for her to take. It is amazing how shallow our mainstream media is. How shallow. Peggy Lopez says, the beauty I saw in BLM Gathering is in the showing of what American looks like in terms of all skin hues. We're together in the streets. That must have been horrifying to the right. It was. It was. You see, like I said, most people are good people and most people want to love on each other. That's just how it is, right? It's so, oh, the video got out of sync. I'm so sorry that it got out of sync. How bad out of sync? A few seconds. I saw I had some drop packets of about 527. I hope it catches up. But let me know if it does or not. Uh, I, I'll see how the, 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 the other one comes out when I migrate. But anyhow, yeah, they must have gone crazy to see that. But you know what? I'm happy for that. I'm very happy for that. Because it's important that we all get together, together, we're one country. And eventually, like I said, they're going to die out. What we have to make sure to do is reduce as much as possible the infection created by those of my generations and the generation right before me or right after me from polluting the minds 
from polluting the minds of many of the younger folk because you know that's why you so but they're not used to that's why i love hanging with my millennium brothers and sisters in fact a lot of times they kind of tell me hey cover this egberto or, or whatever because that's who they are that's who they are okay let's see uh tom he says audio is out of sync i'm going to clean it up later on tom i didn't realize that i i did a little bit of editing and it seems like that may have an effect on it uh every case is like would you have said the media was shallow in 2020 or helpful to the current administration in 2020 the media was not helpful to the administration at all at all in fact i you guys to listen to my shows go and listen to my show and see how bad it was okay that means it's a it's a restream problem uh, with the out of sync video uh figure that out some other time my friend all right anyhow i got one more uh actually yesterday eric hayes brought up something about you know um pipes cracked pipes and i know it, i know it was silly okay and i know it was a right-wing media trying to instigate something because no 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 president is going to do such a thing. But yesterday, in, in watching it, I was watching Joy and Reed, and I said, "Ah, oh, that's what Eric was talking about." So let's just put what let's put what Eric was speaking about about crack pipes and Biden into context. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Okay, how many of y'all remember the classic comedy Friday, co-starring the late great comedian Anthony A.J. Johnson, in which he plays Ezel, whose vice in 1990s Los Angeles is crack. Crack is whack. Well, there is a bizarre and viral new lie ripping through the interwebs right now, claiming that the, the Biden administration is supposedly spending 30 million of your tax dollars on crack pipes. Crack pipes. Come on now. Joe Biden. This Joe Biden. Dealing from 1600 PA? Y'all know that is absolutely not happening in all of America and God, right? But before you could say the shade room, which later posted a correction, this lie, which was launched on conservative sites, had spread all over the web and social media, including on sites frequented by black and younger readers. Huh, wonder why? Wonder what's behind a strategy associating Joe Biden with crack. Even Republican electeds like Marco Rubio joined it. Well, Please take a moment to call Uncle Roscoe or your ornery cousin to the screen for just a second, because these are the facts. There is a drug abuse and overdose crisis in America, and not just crack, also cocaine, heroin, meth, hey, rural America, and prescription drugs, too. Ever since the 1990s, the federal government has offered harm reduction tools to try to minimize the risks. That includes safe smoking kits, which contain materials to help prevent disease transmission. But the Biden version do not contain Crack pipes. Do not. Because that would be dumb. And probably illegal, too. The goal is to save lives, not get people to start using drugs. Now, be blessed and go back to reading Facebook and Instagram for fun and not the news. So I hope, Eric, you stand corrected on and, and maybe you should atone. Maybe you should come and say, I am so sorry for trying to stamp that onto Brother Biden. Anyhow, Katie Porter. Katie Porter had something to say about not only Nancy Pelosi, but she had something to say about politicians who want to make money on stocks. In effect, insider trading. So I want you to hear this and then we'll take it on the other side. There's a funny quirk about being in government and playing the stock market that was noticed by an economist a few years ago, specifically that members of Congress earned higher than average returns on their investments. While it's possible that some members of their 
or their stockbrokers could have particularly apt instincts in this regard. There's some clearly problematic patterns. This kind of thing happens all the time in Congress. So if you're wondering why this type of trading by members has not been addressed before, well, here's the thing. It kind of has. Back in 2012, Congress passed the Stock Act meant to prohibit members of Congress from using non-public information for personal benefit. But with fines of just a few hundred dollars, legislators continue to buy and sell hundreds of millions of stocks each year, raising some very clear ethical, if not legal, questions. Back in December, there was a push to ban this trading, but Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi opposed it, saying, quote, we're a free market economy. Well, it appears she has since changed her mind, saying today she is open to a ban on owning and trading individual stocks for members of Congress and also those in the judicial branch. Let me give the devil's advocate case here which is just that, hey, members of Congress are just people. They have uh, investments. And it's just going to coincidentally intersect. You're doing stuff in the public interest. You're taking investment advice. It doesn't mean that it's corrupt. The problem here is not just one of actual corruption. It's also one of perception. The American people simply do not trust our federal government in many cases. And this is an example. Only about one in four Americans trust leaders in Washington to do what's right. So we need to be earning back their trust. And the way to do that is to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And so we need to simply ban trading stocks by members of Congress. There's a lot of bipartisan support for this. It's become a kind of um, populist issue, even with folks like Matt Gates, for instance. There's folks on the on the right who really love it. Um, the speaker was resistant. There's some reporting today that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others might have been uh, organizing a discharge position, which is a way of going around House leadership uh, to get something to the floor. What, how do you understand what appears to be a change of heart from Democratic House leader, uh, uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi? Well, Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi was wrong. I'm glad that she's changed her mind. I think that's a marker of leadership. But, you know, the reality is I am always willing to stand up to leaders of both parties, including my own party. And I'm really gratified here that she is changing her mind. She said when she initially was asked about this, that we have a free market economy. Well, she would also be the first, I think, to say that we have a free democracy. And that means what the American people want, what they feel strongly about, what they need to trust their leaders, we should be delivering. And that's what I think her change in position is signaling. Yeah, we should know that the the polling on this is pretty, you know, you're, you're getting 80 percent of Republicans and Democrats on on, on congressional stock banning. It does seem I, like I find that reassuring, Chris, that the American people across the board understand that we need to be able to trust our elected leaders. We have a lot of bad news about democracy, a lot of views about polarization right now. But the fact that we see that kind of widespread polling, that 80 percent of Americans understand that elected leaders should be putting the people's interests before their own interests, reassures me a lot. Absolutely so. Reassuring, reassuring, reassuring. Anyhow, you notice that the difference between uh, this crop of Democrats compared to, let's say, Republicans who will never go against leadership. You notice how she said we can go against our leadership and Nancy Pelosi on this issue was wrong. And she came around uh, because the pressure was on. Imagine if the Republicans had put pressure on Donald Trump. We likely would not have had over 900,000 dead Americans right now because he would have been forced to do something about the virus earlier on as opposed to hiding it and allow it to spread indiscriminately as he allowed it to spread and thus cause this eternal infection in the country. And you know what, folks? I have not... I have not uh, done my ask, and I've, I constantly forget to do it. So let me go ahead and do 
my book promo, and then we'll take it on the other side. I'm Egberto Willis, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Network's KPFT 90.1 FM Houston that engages all ideologies. I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom to Describe the Entire Economy in a Manner We Can All Understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book, titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. Absolutely so, folks. And by the way, by the way, go ahead and join our PDR Posse on YouTube by going to Politics and Right slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, join us on Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. You can shop at our store, or rather, before that, you can support us at PayPal as well. We, we love PayPal. You can do one time or many times, however you want to do it. Please consider supporting this program, making sure we enlighten others at politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. You can also go shop at our store, politicsandright.com slash store. We have a lot of new stuff at the store. Check it out. New cups, new t-shirts, all that good stuff, including the squad and other stuff, politicsandright.com slash store. Get all the books that we have at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books, and, and, not, and not but least is politicsandright.com slash support. You know, if you, if you just want to remember one link, just remember the politicsandright.com slash support, and we have links to all the different ways you can support our project. Uh, what do we do? You, as you know, we go ahead and we, we do anywhere from two to five or more videos a day to get it out into the space, get the progressive message in the space. We also do uh, have correspondent two to five blogs every day. We do this show seven times a week, five times on the internet, and two times over the air at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. We are on, on on air in Houston and the surrounding areas. We are on, on on Thursdays at noon, on Fridays at 11 a.m., both times central. We are also streamed from KPFT on those two days at those two times at kpft.org. Check us out there as well. Again, it's that one is over the air on the Pacifica Network. Our show is also played throughout the Pacifica Network at different affiliate stations and likewise over all over the internet. So please support what we do. All of this is done. When, you, when you're doing this on a nonprofit network. We are a huge network. We have five major stations, two in California, one in Texas, one in Washington, D.C., one in New York. These are all big stations with over 100,000 watt transmitters, but it's all on a, on, a, on a volunteer basis trying to get the message out. 
uh, please help us continue the ability to do so by supporting us. If you go to politicsandright.com slash support, you have all the different methods in which you can support our project. Again, we're doing good work. It's it, Myself and many others have dedicated their lives going forward to this particular project. We cannot do this without your generous support because you are the one who are going to actually make that change. I think I had a couple more videos to show, but we're running out of time right now. We're right up at the hour. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.